What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this man is a singer, a songwriter, a producer, a sound man, a Juno Award winner, and he's fresh from the UK. You know what we have in the building today? We have Kirk Diamond in the building today. What's going on, my brother? Yeah, big bro. <laughs> you say you're good? Yeah, I'm a good one. Did, did I miss anything in the intro? Because I said sound man, select, uh, you know, no, I mean, singer, songwriter. Because I know you do a lot, producer. I know you do a lot. Yeah, I I was quite impressed with, yeah. the, with the intro. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> when, when, when you come here, my job is to make sure that I know something about you. See. And then you're going to fill in the blanks because it, it wouldn't make sense. So, okay, um, what are you planning for the next five years? Those, those are generics. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know artists, anybody that's being interviewed, they like when you know something yeah. about them. True, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's take it back from the beginning here. First question I got for you is, where did you grow up in Jamaica and what type of child were you? I grew up here. Here? Yeah. If I'm being honest, I grew up here. Mm-hmm. Right. I was born in Jamaica mm-hmm. and I came here when I was young. I came here when I was 10. Okay. So you, you, you remember Jamaica, but yeah, a lot I mean, of your growing was here. Here, the foundation of who I am is Jamaica. Yeah. Right. But I grew up here with Jamaican, you know, teachings. Yeah. Spanish town teachings <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> Spain town. Yeah. Yeah. So what part of Spain? Um, a place called Hampton Green. Yeah. Yeah. Across from Ensom City, beside Tasfin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what was it like growing up in Spain at that time there? I mean, it's, it, it it depends on which side you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, for example, my grand, I have a grandmother, she and my uncles there from a place, my father's side of the family, mm-hmm. from a place called Marchpen Road, Scarlet Road, mm-hmm. right, which is the other side of Spanish Town. And then I grew up in Hampton Green, which is more suburbish, you know. So yeah. on the weekends, I'm in the ghetto and yeah. during the week. <laughs> You're in the garrison on the weekend? Yeah. Uptown in the week. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's what it is, you know. And the music side of it, the dance hall and them something that came from the garrison part, obviously. Yeah. And with my grandmother being a Christian, it's just Love 101 or whatever the, the gospel channel was. Yeah. Until Thursday when I have my radiance. You know, I remember that vividly. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. And growing up, because, you, okay, you're, we're going to get to Canada just now. So when you were in there, did you know what you wanted to become when you were in Jamaica at that time? Did you figure, okay, when I grow up, I want to be this? No. What did you figure you wanted to be when you grew up? No, that wasn't even a thought. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. At that time, I could honestly say you just wanted to be free. Whatever came along at that yeah. time. Jamaica different, you know, because if you think about it, the things that I experienced within the ages of zero to ten yeah. in Jamaica. If my son tried that now, me kill him. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there are certain things that I've done, I'm like, yo, really and truly, you know, maybe I was a bad child, you know, but yeah. I give thanks for that type of training as well, you know. Right there. So what was the transition like now, moving from Jamaica to Canada? Was it like a culture shock or was it what you expected? What did that feel like? Um, it wasn't a culture shock for me. Okay. I I embraced it because before leaving Jamaica, we were, we were my class was studying for a thing called common entrance or whatever. And 
when my father said that yo you're coming to Canada yeah. you know me done with school <laughs> like you know yeah. like, Kirk you have to go Spanish class but now they miss <laughs> like Spanish yeah. me done with that I'm I'm leaving yeah you know what I mean I get some beaten <laughs> yeah um, yeah but transitioning while I was here it wasn't difficult either maybe because at that time cable became a thing Right, so we have the facts. So we know it's a Saturday morning, just like how the kids here and them time they were, you know, it's a Saturday morning, you watch a cartoon and them things. So yeah. I was already savvy to what was happening here, so I thought. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I'm looking forward to things that we weren't getting in Jamaica, like the Fruit Loops and the Cheerios and <laughs> them things there, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the wrestling. And them something like, you know, big WWF at the time, fan. WWF, yes. You know, so I was looking forward to embracing that side of it. So it wasn't really a culture shock. The culture shock for me now is that when I came here, Mm -hmm. I wanted Jamaica so badly. So you thought coming to foreign, Mm -hmm. you you embraced it, you liked it. But once you got here, you wanted to go back. Yeah. Yeah. I want and it... It's one thing to have a piece of it, you know. So, for example, being in Jamaica, I had, like, the cable so I could see what was happening here. But when I'm here, there was no internet and them something there, so I couldn't get a piece of what I knew, mm. right? And then my parents now being the type of parents where it's like, because when we came here, we came to Eglinton West. Hey, but you right, dropped right into, into Jamaica. Yeah. So... But Eglinton West then is not Eglinton mm. West now. True. Right? Yeah. So my parents was like, yo, you can't even go outside, you know. Yeah. <laughs> School and home because you know why you mix up with certain and certain things. So mm-hmm. I wanted it so badly that the only piece of Jamaica that I could get was the music. You know, and I guess that is when the love for it really came. Like it became an obsession. Obsession. Yeah. So even artists-wise or sound systems, are, what were you really listening to or watching at that time there where you started to really soak it in? All right. So my father used to always have the cassette them. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the VHS them was Champions in Action, Sting, Hot Shots, mm-hmm. 88, vividly. Like I can sing every line, every yeah. ad-lib, every intro to... Champions in Action 89, mm-hmm. Hot Shots 88, and so on and so Fresh, Sting, and all them something there. So Those were big shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was all on VHS. And then the cassette them now, the Black Scorpios and, and, and Jaros and all them something there. So it was like, in my head, mm-hmm. this is my piece of Jamaica here. You know, so that was what I was listening to. But then on the Canadian side, them time here now, Talking mid nineties, mm-hmm. you have a brother named Master T with the mix. So now I'm looking at the music videos and mm-hmm. them thing that were. To be honest, I don't even remember seeing the music video them like that before I came here. Okay, not that it wasn't there, you know. But I, I wasn't paying attention Got to you. it because you weren't looking for it as much back then when you were in right. Jamaica as you're looking for it when exactly. you came to Canada to look back for it. Yeah, so now I'm, I'm looking for it every Wednesday. And Saturday morning, mm-hmm. which two reggae video we're going to see yeah. today? You know what I mean? And then Friday night, Ron Nelson, mm-hmm. where for a long time I have him up wicked. Yeah. <laughs> like most of my childhood, I like Ron Nelson because the show, I believe, started at 8 o'clock. Yeah. 
So from 8 to 9, you hear music. Mm-hmm. When 9 o'clock come, Ron Nelson and they talking. <laughs> and I say, yo, the man just attacked through the whole of the song them. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then at that time, I was, I was taping, right? Okay. I was taping the cassette them myself. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when Ron Nelson started, I have to stop and say, this man on the tape been talking again. Because you want your weekly fix of... Right. What is new coming out of Jamaica? And then he's mm-hmm. talking. And then, due to being young and ignorant, mm-hmm. he, we need to pay attention to what one was saying. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, he's actually giving me information, yeah. but I just want the music. I really want it's ear. disrupting your flow of music, so you're not you're not concerned with what he's saying. Just shut up yeah, and stop shut, disrupting. Yeah. So right. I say, yo, Ron is not talking. Till mm-hmm. I grew up, if you end up admire the man so mm-hmm. much, it's like, yo, this man is literally a part of my childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was that. Was that. So, okay, I know you're singer, songwriter, DJ, producer, soundman, and everything. Which one came first? Producing came first. Yeah. Yeah, producing definitely came first. How did you get into um, production? Um, producing semi-professionally came first because mm-hmm. I was always writing lyrics since I was even in Jamaica. Okay. Yeah, because just a quick story before we go back no. here. Most people you hear them do music and them sing. Mm-hmm. They will always say, oh, I started in church. I started DJing by not wanting to be in church. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I have a cousin named Kevin and um, Whenever he came to church, it's one of them things that we know. Say, all right, after Sunday school, when the big people them get ready for them big church, me and you yeah. sneak go under the plum tree and me and you go war. Yeah. Right? So we were clashing from them time. The only difference was we not clash with people tune. Mm. Right? So the whole week when I get my chance to listen to the radio, New Capitan, I'm trying to memorize what was going on because Sunday Kevin dead enough. <laughs> Then Kevin do the ultimate thing. Him go learn a Capleton and tell me say him write it. So me I say, yo, the man a write song. Yeah. So now me I go start write song. So me realize that every time you write a song, Kevin song always sound better than my yeah. one. Not understand. I say Kevin yeah, a thief. The man them sang them. Yeah. And I tell me, I still like it too. Yeah. And I say yeah. him a write it. And crazy enough, we grew up and Kevin is actually a dope songwriter. Even okay. Though. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So that part of it came mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, um, Fruity Loose became a thing. I got it free because I get the computer or whatever. I mean, I try to think them and I press the button them. And that's what came first. Mm-hmm. And then you finally feel like say, your, your rhythm them sound good. And we're understanding that rhythm, you need the artist them on it. So save up your little phones or whatever. And you go to Jamaica and then an the artist tell us, yo, you're going to need this amount of money mm-hmm. for voice this, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> so, who were you looking to voice at that time there? Any artist that I could mm-hmm. find that I felt was 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 good, you know. Um but it never worked out. <laughs> you know, that never worked out mm-hmm. none at all. Yeah, and then I am I meet my bridging Bob the Builder. Okay, so then Bob was the first one you met out of the Don Dem crew at that time there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you guys were the original members of Dunham, or more you guys came together? No, me and Bob joined, me and Bob and Olaf joined last. It was Kesdan and Dory that, yeah. that is the original members of Dunham, mm-hmm. right? Funny enough, that church that we're talking about in Jamaica, mm-hmm. 
Kezi's grandfather is was the pastor of that church. So me and him already had that connection from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other than Dory, all other than them is from Spanish Town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like literally like walking distance away. Mm-hmm. So we had that connection, but me and Builder was like since beginning, mm-hmm. just close. You know. So then Builder was like, yo. Builder started out as a producer too first. Okay. And go build a house, build a place, some rhythm. Yeah. And him say, yo, Kirk, when could you hear something from the rhythm now? And then a DJ and him say, yo, better than everybody in Canada, you, know, yeah. you might as well take it serious. <laughs> right? Yeah. And we never know what we're going to do with it. So we just start dance. <laughs> okay, so the crew was, had a, two producers, you guys were fooling around with production. Mm-hmm. And everybody else were strictly dancers at that time, yeah. or they were fooling around with it. Other they stuff. were dancers, yeah, hundred percent. Even now, if you book up Dory, mm-hmm. we kill her with dancing. Yeah, in Cosme, every time we did not dance, Kirk it all. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> because remember, dance crew at that time there was the biggest thing in the city yeah. at that time. That anybody that's in a dance crew, you guys are locking the place at that time. Yeah. There. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think what we brought to, we were just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just different. Because we weren't so much choreographed. Yeah. We were more like what they were seeing on the Pasa Pasa DVD at that time. Mm-hmm. Right? And we used to practice our dance move them in a builder room beside him bed a lick up a foot. Yeah, so, you know. So when did even Bob start to take the music serious too because i know dancing that's how you guys came in when did he start because i see now that everybody again you guys fooling around production you guys are the two that said let's try out this artist um he was producing then olaf came Mm -hmm. and we met nitro Mm -hmm. so we went to nitro oh the production thing we nitro had ching ching up at the studio doing dub plays Mm -hmm. And me and Bob scrounge up four bills and said, well, get you ching ching, we just want a chorus. We don't want nothing more than that, just a chorus. Okay, so that was your way of getting a feature yeah. for a record back then. Right. And um, we do it or whatever not, and then, you know, Dr. Ringding, R.I.P. say, yo, the mute, them, them actually sound good and Jeff now and said, but we don't know if them are them, them serious, Doc. Yeah. And we did it and we said, yo, I mean, I don't know if it's serious. Like, them time they were so, in our head, it's like, yo, you tell me anything. Yeah. It's like, we say, yo, them when they're them, are violate. They don't know, say, any rhythm, any artist you bring come dead. You don't know yeah. that. But because they have it so much that we're dancers, the music part can't be. Yeah. You know, they, we not take it serious, not understanding that we've been doing this music thing way longer than we've been dancing. But just the dancing is what gave you the break, basically, at that yeah, time there. Yeah, especially in Toronto. That's mm-hmm. where we became popular for dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that happened. Then we end up fighting the first dub plate for Ring Ding, the autopsy um, mixtape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same time with the, it's either Ring Ding or Loud Mode. But it was one and two. Yes. Yeah. The dance hall invasion. Yeah. Yes, bro. I forgot about that. Big yeah. up Loud Mode on that one. Yeah. Man. Still, yeah. And um, even now, Loud Mode is still somebody like if we have a song where 
me if about me sanity and say yo what think yeah. about this and say yo it, it tough whatever mm-hmm. you know what i mean so these are the things that actually motivated us to start taking it serious mm-hmm. and then jeff did say yo well if you want a place for doing a thing use nitro mm-hmm. right i'm say well then if you i'm like so we can bring our own you know equipment and everything there mm-hmm. and he's like yeah next day everything we have saved long am acquired yeah you know what i mean so yeah so you guys so nitro studio was basically you guys home for a bit yeah 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 it, that was home for i believe two years Because mm-hmm. then like shortly after we started esco one is first juno i believe and then jeff go jamaica go do mm-hmm. film thing and then while he was in jamaica doing his thing we were like yeah right and then jeff come back and jeff said the worst thing to it yeah we had one like a community award mm-hmm. and we're so happy about it because any acknowledgement toronto gives us it was like yo them actually happy attention mm-hmm. you know what i mean alan lad give you award sanja bashment give you award whatever not and we're like and them were hot yeah. back then yeah yeah so we go to jeff and I said, yo, look what we get, this and that. And Jeff said, no, man, I don't award that, man. Is <laughs> a Juno you forget. Them time I wouldn't know when you in Juno, you know? Yeah. A Grammy alone, me know about, you know, like, you're about Juno. So I said, yo, mm-hmm. you're about Juno, like, Juno, I'd forget it. I idiot, mm-hmm. Jeff. <laughs> right, that's, that, <laughs> like, said, dog, yeah. like, that's the mentality. I said, yeah. yo. So Bob said, yo, Juno, when you're so, you know, mm-hmm. up and we see escorting and say, all right. Yeah. No problem. I'll go for you, Juno. Definitely. So in the journey, when did Love and Our Heart come out? 2014. Yeah. 2014. Um, I had started, well, I had moved from Toronto, you know. Okay. I moved to Saskatoon. Saskatoon? Yeah. What was out there? Work. Mm. Work. They were paying, like, I mean, construction and mine building and all them something there. Mm-hmm. So, like, almost every dollar mm-hmm. was definitely going to music. Yeah. Right? But for me, it was more of a spiritual adventure that I had to take. Because everybody saw me leave Toronto with a mohawk and came back as a rasta. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but every dollar, like I said, was going towards that. And because I had the finances at the time, they are Jamaica all the time, right? And then we have a next virgin that is also a part of Dandem, but he's and now he's in Canada. At mm-hmm. that time, he wasn't named TG. TG, you did a video with him. Yeah, he used to play on Hype TV. Right. See, mm-hmm. so so now TG's in BC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, me and him just really start take on Jamaica wicked, mm-hmm. and for some reason, like. We had the bad man sang them. We had the, like, to be honest with you, if may I be real, mm-hmm. this all thing is really a damn thing. Yeah. Like, I don't remember it before us. You guys had the look mm-hmm. and that feel type of thing because, remember. And we were DJing on hip-hop beats. You guys were DJing yeah, on hip-hop beats. Yeah, because remember, at that time, it wasn't so easy to get reggae rhythms anymore. That's true. Because everybody was like singing or doing some mm-hmm. sort of stupid stuff on the instrumental. On the instrumental side. Yeah, yeah. so then we had the, the BMF remix, mm-hmm. which had dance all on Lockyer for a good while. Yeah. Right? So I think we probably 
started that whole transition where it's like, and we were like filthy really mm-hmm. with it, like lyrically, not mm-hmm. dirty, but yeah. you know. And uh, we got Jamaica, and then for some reason, it was one of them things that where me and TG just snapped, and it was just, we just want to put up more positive things because the people that we were hanging out with in Jamaica, mm-hmm. they needed it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, when time they're around people, and people are telling the worst story, like, you can't fathom, especially me growing up here. Yeah. Like, first of all, even when I was in Jamaica, and then I lived that life there. Mm-hmm. So when time they might tell us some story now, and whatever not, it's like, yo, them youth and need at least them might need for free because I live it to them all right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of them things that, like, I used to be scared to so like, yo, okay, them youth, I'm a virgin. And if I go to Canada now and come back, one of them go lay dead. You know what I mean? Unless, but they're looking up to us so much, it's one of them things that, like, we can't continue asking certain and certain things. We need something to uplift them. Yeah. And we started on that route and we never changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's all loving our way came about. Because I know that was more like an old school type of feel to it that yeah. time they're like almost like the bogo rhythm type of yeah you know, type of era, vibe. yeah definitely and that was produced by um galang records in france okay yeah i've never before zj before once upon a time i've never recorded for a jamaican producer it has always been overseas like europe yeah yeah and even in that song there that was with you and bob the builder in that song there. yeah man yeah yeah it was and it was supposed to be me bob and olaf yeah. And Olaf was on the way to the studio and something happened, he had to turn around and then <laughs> That's why I have these conversations because music is so weird. Mm-hmm. What it was supposed to be and then what it really turned out to be is always two completely different things. Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be seven of us, whatever. Then you look, there's only two of us and it turned out to be one of the biggest songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This time you guys have it was extreme arts. They were hot in Jamaica at yeah, that time. They're yeah. putting out all Cash the flows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you guys had this video, now how did the city started to treat you guys now as more artists opposed to dancers? Now, yeah, that was definitely a transition mm-hmm. where I don't even think people even looked at us as dancers again after that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then on top of that, I was them time. You know, we were so focused on doing more music like we weren't even dancing anyways mm-hmm. the only one that was dancing was really dory yeah you know and olaf started to keep flux and all them party there so everybody's mindset kind of moved on to like different things within the industry mm-hmm. but for me it was always from that moment on just music you said when you went to Saskatoon, mm-hmm. that's where like the light switch turned on for you. What was it? Was there anything in particular that was happening in your life? Where do you go from these hardcore dancehall songs to now more of a Rasta liberty at that time there? I just wasn't happy here. Mm-hmm. Like even like sometimes now, like I still kind of feel away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now I understand how to control it, mm-hmm. right? Um, mental health just wasn't right at the time. See, and so then... You're talking about you're going to a place where there's nothing for a Jamaican, mm. right? There's the most you can find in Saskatoon that is Jamaican. You might find a tin of canned beef in a Walmart. That's probably going to be like 30 bucks at that time. Yeah, there. it's way more expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they might tell you about oh, come and try this moose and deer and all and something. So, and I'm only saying that for tell us. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
and it's like we don't want that. <laughs> you, you ever see one moose? I almost big it up, uh, buddy. It's it's listen. If you're driving on the highway and like you're like like up north or something, and you yeah. see a moose, the moose is bigger than your car. Yeah. Even if you're in an SUV, it's bigger than the SUV. Yeah, man. And if that run and lick you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> see, so I just say that for tell you, say I'm by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Completely by myself. I bought a ticket and I went out there. The day I went out there, I didn't even know where I was going to sleep the night. So, did you get recruited to come out there? You just heard that this is booming out here. Let me go uh, out here uh, and try one to of, make some. One of my friends was um, working out there already. Mm-hmm. And I asked her about it. And she said, yeah, nice if you can come or whatever. And she put through the resume and then said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, um, a brother that I was working with, Gary C., he fired me, me, but he fired me because he's like, he was driving to work and he heard one of the songs, Loving Away Out on the radio. One of, mm-hmm. Not Loving Away Out, it was before that. Yeah. He heard one of the songs, I think it was Blind to Them with me and Bob on the radio. Mm-hmm. And he said, yo, if I'm music, you want to do, it makes sense, I waste time, I'll do something else. Mm-hmm. And I was upset. I'm like, yo, you fire me, I know I yeah. need the money. <laughs> right? But yeah. he ended up buying my ticket to go. Yeah. See? And I end up go and she had my friend, but she was living somewhere else, but I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I guess it's something about being by yourself. You really find yourself when you're by yourself. You By yourself in a foreign part of a country that you're not used to at all. Right. Right. Where it's as if like, you talk about the Matilda say, yo, if you want to go out at night, you better go out in a crew of people mm-hmm. because anything can go on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is Canada, And boss. this is Canada. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some man will see you and, you know, so, and then it turns out, say, I started making, and I started getting a new family while I was here after a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it took me about two years to deal with whatever issues I was dealing with mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then when you look now, you realize that everybody that is here is dealing with the exact same mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? It is hard to fly yourself into a, your own a prison, you know, if you deal yeah. with yourself. True. You Being know. by yourself to deal with yourself is one of the hardest things a man or a woman could do yeah. for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that was, I want to say that is when I became mature. That's mm-hmm. when I became a man. Not necessarily, because I don't believe, say, when you're 18, you're a man. Because your mindset has to change mm-hmm. for you to be that. You have to take accountability for things and you have to be responsible for things, mm-hmm. right? And um, that was that for me, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where you really embraced Rasta at that time there yeah. and then came back. So then now when you came back and the crew, everybody's still, were you guys still a crew at this time here or you were off doing your own thing? I mean, we're all like, we're still a crew now. Yeah. It's just that everybody is older now, right? And if we're being realistic, we're a family, mm-hmm. but done them only means something to the dance our community what we mean to each other is different that is way bigger than just musical like we're actually family yeah you know what i mean like we are everywhere we are at the weddings we're at the birthday parties mm-hmm. like where you guys don't see us not just in the dance right yeah you know what i mean but then they mean something to dance out whereas bob means something to me and i mm-hmm. mean something to bob likewise dory olaf Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right there. So then when you came back now and you said Rasta, did they 
everybody else understand what you're going through at that time there are they just said yo it's diamond he's gonna do what he's gonna do type of thing um i know my friends very well mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's like a lot of especially one dory mm-hmm. like it's one of them things that were dory see me beside and look for me and then add all pork and all that or something and say yo you know one piece <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah like dory you know and then we laugh or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a brother. So he's not doing it out of dishes. Yeah. He's just doing it to Jerry. That's what, that's what brothers do. They poke yeah. each other and you know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? So, but as far as they know me and they know the way I speak, mm-hmm. and it might have been different in the in the beginning to understand it. It might have taken a while. Mm-hmm. But now I know that they understand it. Cause they know, say like, if certain things are going, they know they they, they don't even bother to call me. Cause they know mm-hmm. something that depend on that. And once you you decided to say Russ, I think one of your first big songs you had then would have been Greater. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How did how did you come up with that? That was a German production. <laughs> <laughs> that was a German production. I did a song um, before with Robin Ipe, mm-hmm. and um, tried to mix it myself. Horrible mix. Completely terrible. If me hear it, no, my good life feels sick. Like a cringe. cringe. You understand. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, but he loved my work ethic to know that I'm not going to charge him no bag of money. I'm not going to tell him I'm going to do something and not do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So he just loved that work ethic. He sent me something now, David it now. So he sent greater. And at the time, I had just lost my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And again, I got through something again. But how great I actually came about is, remember the year before, or a couple of years before, I was nominated for the Juno. Mm-hmm. When I was nominated for the Juno, my phone ring non-stop all night, I can't sleep. Yeah. Then the next year after that, now 2016, phone stop, you have to wonder if you have a friend. <laughs> like, the phone not ringing, you have to look and make sure, say, y'all. Do you have service? Yeah, you have yeah. service, you have a call on yourself, and I say, yo, I wonder if nothing mm-hmm. you know what I mean so that kind of wrapped me again because something like the Junos when you go there and you see these people like the weekend and all them people are walk up and down beside you and I say hey how's it going wait, wait, wait. you want a drink and they might yeah. bring drinks come gee and you're like yo these are people that are like proper proper celebrities see and I kind of give a, a false sense of star- stardom got you you know what I mean mm-hmm. and um the year after was quite humbling. You know what I mean? Where it's like a lot of people felt like, okay, then I was going to make it and I didn't make it because I lose. And then the next year I never nominated again, I get my there. There was nobody that was there at the time other than maybe Builder and TG them mm-hmm. for say, yo, remember say you're good enough. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like literally the only voice I had was myself. Mm-hmm. Other than them, for say, yo, and even them didn't go through some kind. I remember, I said, Baba start him family, and them time the TG, me, I go call him Guns, guy that we call him. Yeah. Guns, they are Jamaica, same way, and whatever. And so it's like, and then all of us do flux and I chill and all them something. So everybody's busy. Mm-hmm. So really, I only had myself, and then I go through the person and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I needed something to motivate me, right? And then I did the song, and it turned out that. There were so much people that needed it. Mm. 
sort of love that I was getting and all them something there. And then a friend of mine named Peaches from England came to Toronto and said, Kirk, why don't you and Kevin come to my birthday party in January in England? Okay. And then we we'll say, all right, if you book, if you put it on the flyer, yeah. we're coming. And then fly to, to, to England and then make two link and then BBC one extra and freestyle and what hold on you're 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 acting like you're packs hold on <laughs> come back come back come back okay I'm gonna ask you about the Juno and then we're gonna get to BBC All right. when I'm um, thinking there so then now it was greater was when you won the mm-hmm, the year after yeah so we put it on 2017 and it won in 2018 mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then now how did this feel to actually win this thing that Jeff was telling you about in the first place um that question there, it, it, it funny because it's like it's something that I always think about mm-hmm. where it's like at the time you don't know how to feel. You know what I mean? Like you really and truly don't know how to feel like mm-hmm. at sometimes you ask yourself, yo, really and truly are you this? Mm-hmm. Right? And then on top of it, it's like what does this mean to the community that I'm from? Because a lot of us, if we'll be honest, don't really acknowledge the Junos. Yeah. Right, because it is not promoted to us. The Grammys are promoted to us, mm-hmm. right? Not necessarily the Junos. So it's like at the same time, it's like okay, I want something this big at this magnitude. What can I do with it, mm-hmm. right? And me get for sure, Jefferson, my boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, and him congratulate me more than anybody else. You know, um, yeah. So we. we it's still kind of weird. Like that, the win itself, the first win. Yeah. It, it, it's still, I don't know how for really, mm-hmm. it's something that I can't explain. Because it might be one of those things where a other community from you say a Juno award winner. Yeah. It's like, holy smokes, you want a Juno and all that. But you're coming back to your friends in the community that you're in and Juno. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So then that probably might leave you a bit confused. How, how am I supposed to feel right here after winning this Juno? Yeah, but at the same time, too, a lot of the people from the community only know the Junos because I won it, mm. right? It wasn't important to, to them until I won it. Especially as being the younger type of person in this type of yeah type of thing. So mm-hmm. then it seems more real now. So you're not singing. You, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people win awards and they're singing like a song that you have no clue what it's about, right. what you're doing. But no, this is a song that's actually being played. Mm-hmm. People know it. And this is what you want for. And also, um, what they consider to be dancer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them know me from being in a dancer. And even mm-hmm. after going there, I'm still in the dancer. Not as frequent as I was, yeah. was but I am there. I am around the Nikki Ives, them and the Lady Liz, them and all of the people and mm-hmm. the British, them and all the people. So it's like, it's for them, it's one of them going to that plateau and getting it. Which that I can honestly say, yeah. I am glad about. I represented us, mm, the grassroots, right? Hardcore of Toronto dancehall, yeah. not mm-hmm. dancehall, and I represented us who are here mm-hmm. on such a magnitude mm-hmm. of a of a of a you know show award. Mm-hmm. So you got the Juno now. You're good. So then now we're gonna head to UK. How do you connect with Shani B? To do that fire remix 
on BBC One Extra. That never easy. Yeah. <laughs> that never easy none at all. It's yeah. like, if may I be completely honest, um, it's like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. Like my car people are UK, car people are Jamaica. And then I think the night before I left, I was in Piccadilly Circus over M&M's. I teeth all the people at M&M's out there. Because I'm like, yo, them have, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even a fan of M&M's. But yeah. when time, there is so much variety. I'm like, well, why they the hell not? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he called me and said, yeah, Kirk, it's shiny. Can you come to BBC right now? Yeah. I mean, I said, yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? But my taking from that was like, when I met him and spoke to him before the interview, it was almost like, he was saying to me, bro, do you know where you are? Like, this is BBC, you know. This is this is the big leagues. This yeah. isn't the... And I think for him, it's because he didn't know who I was. You know, you're nothing from me. I know like that. And I'm not Jamaican. Like, yeah. well, I'm Jamaican, but I'm not you're, living you're, you in were, Jamaica. You didn't get your break from Jamaica. From Jamaica. So they're looking at me like, there's no possible way that you're good. Mm-hmm. Cardinal official never tell me about you. Cause him and Cardinal, I guess, is good to mm-hmm. what him say. And Specs never tell him about me. So, so therefore, who are you? Who are you? Yeah. So it's like he's looking at me like, yo, bro, remember saying, you know, if you come up and do foolishness, you know, your career is over. You understand know <laughs> yeah. I me? Mean? So remember, you know. No pressure, I'm, no I'm, pressure I'm, I'm transitioning from the Dan name was started this thing mm-hmm. and a real hardcore or something there. Yeah. To a more conscious, humble type of youth. And then mm-hmm. you're going to put a pressure like that on me. You're going to get Dan name Kirk yeah. 100%. You know yeah, what I mean? I seen the freestyle spinning. I said, yo. Yeah. And and that is just the way we, because what they don't know is that that is the way we are. That is what we've been doing. It's just mm-hmm. that no light has ever been shined on Canada. Yeah. Because not just me, like even now, I see some artists where I'm going to say, yo, sheesh, like them bad. Them bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, if you see even them come to me and I, like give me props and I say, yo, respect you and this and that and the third and I say, yo, Jano style. Mm-hmm. Like me feel good. You know? And yeah. So Shani be we spoke for maybe like forty minutes and then him say, Well Kirk, you don't know a BBC, you know, so mm-hmm. here we go. Get in the booth. Yeah, and it's like if you look on the freestyles like every minute like you see me like laugh and stuff. I'm laughing and because I'm looking at Shani B, yeah. his reactions are throwing me off, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, me I start and they, like, give me like a, like, yo, Jano start here, man, say, I go like, yeah. and he's looking at my cousin and my cousin's like, yeah, I heard mm-hmm. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm laughing or whatever. And then when him give me the, the, the grime with him, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, say nothing. <laughs> because again, remember, you said you guys are doing a lot of stuff on hip hop and stuff. Yeah. Like, so to fit on a grime rhythm that's not a hardcore dancehall rhythm, your mind is in tune to that already. Yeah, not only that, I kind of trick them because mm-hmm. they don't know that I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because because I'm here, mm-hmm. just to show you like where my knowledge of grime comes from. When I was in high school, I came home one night much music they used to still play music mm-hmm. <laughs> and um they had a special on uk music okay and they played a brother named wiley and dizzy rascal mm-hmm. and a group called the streets and i'm like yo mm-hmm. first of all they really don't make no sense and they might talk foolish you know like them not really like you know what yeah. I mean? Like fix up, look sharp. 
A man say, yo, what a foolish this. Yeah. With the money, really, I do it. But then I got so fascinated with it, mm -hmm. I literally got engulfed in a grime culture for like a good, like my whole senior year of high school was yeah. just, uh, that's all I listened to. And remember to listen to grime in Canada at that time, that's almost no. foreign. Yeah, it was like a little niche mm -hmm. community, right? And then from that now you start find things. I remember you now the internet is just starting to become a thing. So like Napster and Kazan mm -hmm. and things. So like I'm looking up these things that I'm recently, there was no Google, but you had um like the forums them like Black Planet and yes, all that. Yes, yes, chat rooms and all those yeah. things. Yeah. So I was a part of I ended up becoming a part of um one of the grime groups there called Roll Deep Crew. Yeah. I was a part of their chat group and their forums. So I used to battle and write lyrics on their thing. Right, so I was battling like every like I'm coming home from like whole day my day at school I write lyrics and I say yeah. So watch out, me have a mash them up, like, come on. But mind you, this is complete English now. Mm -hmm. It's not an an patois. It's English. True. And seeing so really and truly, if we want to be real, I was writing hip hop lyrics before I even started dancehall. That's crazy. and I was going to that. the top of their mm -hmm. league like championship round and them something yeah. there. And I was like, and one youth really did me wicked, but that's a different story. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah. So that's what kind of made me know what it was. And then I became a fan of a brother called D-double-E. And when he gave me that rhythm, I knew exactly what to do with it because D is on that rhythm. So okay. I said, oh God, man. Me know that rhythm are too well, inside and out. You so just watch did. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. And, you know, the rest of them say, is this true mm -hmm. with that? So that was when you really fell in love with the whole, grime is what introduced it to the UK, and then you really fell in love with that scene going on over there. Um, with the UK, no, that's not even what made me fall in love with it. Um, UK, for some reason, have been able to capture and preserve all of the eras of reggae. Like perfectly, mm. like if you want a 70s sound, there is a pocket in London or in the UK, I guess, that you can find that. So like mm. you have the sound systems and like Channel One and Jashaka, where you got your dub mm -hmm. and these things. If you want some dance hall, the people them look like the 80s and 90s still. They speak like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it was just a thing where it's like, I never grew up in that time, but it's like we're talking about, it's what I grew up listening to, right? Even the sound clash thing over in the UK is mm -hmm. bananas. Like, them clash for nothing at all. I thought mm -hmm. Polly was bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, to me, if Polly there England, him there heaven. Like, in just that war every day. Was, that's just their culture but yeah. i guess when it comes to like reggae and dance hall and so they take every aspect of it as you said from ska to hardcore dance mm -hmm. hall to sound clash to stage show to rock steady to there's something there for yeah. everybody yeah and then it's like when you start really do the research on it you realize that what we call lovers rock mm -hmm. is different because lovers rock actually belongs to the uk okay like it's their genre of reggae yeah you know what i mean so like I talk about like Janet Kays, them and you know what I mean? So Louisa Marks, them and them people. Eh? Mm -hmm. 
so when time we hear certain things that we call it lovers rock like when time you hear their lovers rock you understand yeah. like you feel it but it's just the experience that they've had as Caribbean people through Windrush mm-hmm. that they've been able to create a sound and to be honest with you I like that they are able to capture a feeling in music that is theirs and I think that's what I wanted us to do here but it sounds kind of I mean maybe because Toronto is closer to Jamaica than England is mm. so it's still kind of blurred you know what I mean but I do think that if we were supposed to really pay attention I think we kind of do have a sound as well I just I couldn't be able to pinpoint it right now because remember you had the Lindo P them and the Blessed mm-hmm. and the Escos and then you have me you know what I mean like there's definitely a sound there that you could tell different, like it's distinctively different from Jamaica. It's just... But it's hard to tell what it what is. You just exactly. know that it's something, Yeah. but I'm not really sure what, yeah. but I know it's something. Yeah, and then what I also find is that a lot of the artists, them too, they're speaking about things from a Jamaican perspective, not a Canadian one. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we were always told, if you want to bust, you have to bust a yard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well... Everybody I had a try bus to come to Canada and other foreign <laughs> countries. It's I think where we really got our break as a country, I call it the Drake effect. Yeah. You see, after Drake went through the door mm-hmm. and then we can Justin Bieber, the early guys, mm-hmm. after that it was a wrap. You could yeah. go anywhere in the world and say you're from Toronto, yeah. they're now listening to you. Pre that, they might listen, they might not. Mm-hmm. But after that, anywhere you go, you're from where? They're listening. Yeah. And not only that, like I remember being in Jamaica one summer and I forgot what the artist's name, but he was from Toronto and mm-hmm. he came there telling people that he was the best DJ in Toronto mm-hmm. and he get paid this amount of money for every stage show. And they were listening to him like, yo, for real. Yeah. And they were walking around and saying, yo, I bought this artist. It's a Canada. And I'm brother. <laughs> and that man opened him mouth. Yes. I was like, yo. Channel star, so they used to come to me like Kirk. You know him? I'm like, yo, this man is not no nothing in yeah. Canada. You hear me? Like the man sucks. Like he's not good. And yeah. I think that kind of gave Canada a bad name. People like that that go around and say, yo, I am this and that, because at the time, like I said, remember we grew up in a very special time. You know, we mm-hmm. know before internet. And pre- listen, pre-internet <laughs> is is an amazing time, and especially if you lived pre-internet. It kind of messes with you right now because I don't understand how people lived without the internet. Yeah. You understand? So, but you live in pre-internet, you could go anywhere and tell people all type of things. Yeah. And they have no choice but to believe you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, if you say so, I guess I must. Yeah. Especially if you look the part. Yeah. Right. Put on two big gold chain and. Yeah. And not understanding so you can get one for $10 yeah. at free market. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just need to look real. Yeah. And look the part. Yeah. Look yeah. the part. You know what I mean? And yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So them something that was one of them things that I think that kind of gave us a knock where it's like, okay, so this guy's the best in Canada and you sound like that. Yeah. No, I hear that. So we don't even want to hear who is the second best. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing to with Canada that happened now is that the artists, them no offense to nobody, but they're from here and they're going good. And then when they see them again, it's a live from Jamaica here is such and such. Like, but you live, in Brampton you know what I mean like yeah what do you mean by it? so it's like even when time them start get them break they give no form of love 
mm-hmm. to the to, city, to the city, to the country, country Canada. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I I hope that I have changed that in some mm-hmm. sort of way. Well, you have to remember, you're now after going out and seeing. You're proud to be from here. So you're worse. You have an award from here. So you're happy to carry the banner. Yeah. Anywhere you go and say, yes, I'm Jamaican. I was born in Jamaica, but where I learned the craft of the mm-hmm. business yeah. was in was, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, mean, I spend most of my time here than in mm-hmm. Jamaica. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just the love for culture mm-hmm. is the reason why I still speak like this. You know? Yeah. So your next song. Another big song for you was um, Let It Be Done. And what I like with it, it had visuals that were filmed in Uganda. Mm-hmm. You understand? Have you ever been there before? Or what made you decide to do those type of visuals at that time? I think it needed to to, to be done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I mean, it was always this thing where it's like, you have a music video and you have to be in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why you have to be in it? Yeah. You're, you're, you're hearing me yeah. already. So if you don't see me, it's okay, I guess. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like not everything has to be about my image and mm-hmm. something. And plus, I believe that the message of the music was more important than you seeing me. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And to be honest with you, if I'm be honest, like, when I really want to go do year and buy clothes for day in a video and him something and it's like yo it's too much like yeah let the music speak and you could see some people that people think are less fortunate but they're laughing and they're having a hell of a time mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i think that was most important mm-hmm. because especially i wrote that song because of the pandemic mm-hmm. there were some people that were losing their minds over their privilege when there's people in 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 countries that would we would consider less fortunate that are having the time of their lives and not worried about a pandemic. Mm. You know what I mean? You are worried about, oh, you mean, say, I can't go to Mexico. I can't go up on the beach. Yeah. Like, I need to take my girlfriend go here. So, and these people are here. We then just want to watch TV or see which football game I go on. And then want to play outside. Things. and mm. You know what I mean? And they're laughing and they might enjoy themselves or whatever. And the misconception now is that Africa is this poor place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to show people in Africa laughing. You know what I mean? What has been done to Africa over decades or hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. for them to still be able to laugh is amazing. amazing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I wanted to show that. So I say, yo, you can't kill with no time at all. Mm-hmm. No matter what to bring. This new pandemic come now, you're going to have a next one sometime soon again. And we're still going to be here and we still are going to get through it like we did now. Mm-hmm. And we still are going to all right. So let it be done was more of, for me, it was a prayer. And it was affirmation for say, yo, whatever I go on, I go on, but we're still going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because you could you could tell that that, the visuals and the song came at the right time, especially as you said, pandemic where mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially at that point in the pandemic, a lot of people had no clue what was going on. How long are we going to be in this for? Is it going to be finished soon? People starting to get depressed. You have all type of people calling you this, other people calling you that. It, it was a lot of stuff happening yeah. at that point in the pandemic. Yeah, man. It, it That point in the pandemic, nobody never know where I go on, mm-hmm. right? And 
It was, it was, remember, you know, we used to see the, the video there when people stand up a bus stop and I drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's like, yeah. people are saying, yo, so that I go go on. Like, I can't go to no bus stop yeah. then. And next thing you know, somebody call for me and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I ain't never seen that. <laughs> it's, it's again, you have to remember, especially with social media, you're going to think, the worst mm -hmm. before you come back down to reality yeah. and assess the situation yeah. for what it is, mm -hmm. not for what you think it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, let it be done was one of them things where it's like, yo, you have some people where they are going through a small thing and their option is to take their life. Mm. But meanwhile, they have some people in a ghetto where they're not even know oh, them are, where they are going to eat for dinner, if they are going to eat. And them have a smile on their face and them tell us, say, yo, that dance tomorrow night now miss me. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And they're not worried about if I have the new Jordans or if I Louis Vuitton, I have one. And they just know, say, yo, tomorrow night? Tomorrow night? Nah, miss me. Right? Even if it's a one Jordan or a, like, mm -hmm. then good. All if it's a water or a thing. Mm -hmm. know, tomorrow. Say, yo, tomorrow, I'm good. Hmm. enjoy the time of my life so I think it kind of helps to bring back the perspective what is important mm -hmm. you know what I mean uh, another big accomplishment for you was um, co-hosting eTalk Canada mm -hmm. how was how was it actually getting to sit and host on that form of a platform um it was a <laughs> uh, what, we can't talk truthfully 100% alright so personally, it may be real. Mm -hmm. In at that time when they got me to do that, I feel like it was because of the whole election that was going on in in the States. Mm -hmm. with Donald Trump and them, right? And one of the questions that they asked me was, it was almost like they were leading me to kind of bash Lil Wayne for backing Donald Trump. See? Yeah. Them not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right, but they would have somebody that look like him do it. You know what I mean? And I guess, and for it's just me, just you know, I could be wrong. But, but observing I, the yeah, situation, observing the situation, I kind of felt like they thought that my celebrity was big enough and it was dispensable, so I can say anything. And if anything go out with me, who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot, mm -hmm. and that is what they were counting on me being ignorant. To be up there and say, oh, look away in my area. Yeah. I'm for do that. But what I went up there and said was, no celebrity should be telling a normal or a common person who to vote for in an election. Because mm -hmm. for one, their lifestyle and our lifestyle, the common person, is not the same. Mm -hmm. Right? None of us live like a little win. Most of us is not earning like a little win. So he must know why he's voting this person. He's voting in the best interest for him and his money. Mm -hmm. Right? You can if you make $50,000 a year, you cannot make the same decisions as a man where you make $60 million. Mm -hmm. your, your life is going to be affected in two completely different ways. Right. Even if it's the same person that's leading the country or whatever the case yeah. is, two completely different yeah. ways. And... So I said that now and then all of a sudden we hear say, well, thank you, Kirk. It was nice having you on the show. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So sometimes you have to understand that when you get to a certain level, they don't want you to be smart. They want you to say what mm. they want you to, or what they think 
social media is saying they wanted to say. Get this black guy to come up here and say Yeah, say some black stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going to get yeah. that. I will not sell out my people for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they, they see the rust and everything, they, you're, you're singing peace and love, they still don't understand there's a fire burning yeah. under that peace and love. Yeah. You're understanding we're getting this peace and love by any means necessary. Yeah. You understand? With the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the fire. You know, so... You know, really, and sometimes I think maybe that's why I'm not even considered to be a A class, a A lister, I would mm-hmm. call it, because many different with them different. You know what I mean? And I've been in rooms with them, and I kind of like the vibes. I remember me and Bill were supposed to go to a party, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Have the ticket, them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they want some little small sandwich, cucumber and butter. <laughs> <laughs> See, so small, small sandwich, you know, cool, you know, I say, I'm open it and say, Bob, then, okay, how are this them I feed us, all great people, you know, for cucumber and butter, my lad, that not going work. <laughs> and Bob goes to me, Kirk, what time I know? Which part are there? You think we can reach Luxes? Then I say, Tristan, them and all of us keep Flux, you know. Mm-hmm. I say, yo. I say another word. Gone in our soul. Dancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because again, it's you could function anywhere, mm-hmm. but it's just the energy yeah. right over there. Yeah, it, it, and I mean, now I understand what it means to be, you know, play the politics and mm-hmm. be in certain roles and, and them thing there. Because now I understand that for the, the youth them that's coming up that's doing this type of music I want it to be a situation where when they get into that room they excel they're not going to book up on a surprise because I am here telling you what to expect what, what to you expect go from through now. that door yeah I'm in a lot door behind me mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's one of them things where even now my band is called the movement of RL for a reason it is a movement and it's not just me and the band I'm mm-hmm. bringing Every artist that I rate and rate me that is representing reggae music and the culture from Canada with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I seen just when you were in um, part talking about your band, who's in it that I see is making a lot of moves right now? Joshua Lucas. Yeah. You understand? And again, he's somebody that I know from Jambana days. Yeah. He would be the younger kid playing all this crazy old school music. How do you know this, bro? You yeah. know what I mean? And then after I seen him actually starting playing instruments, how did you guys connect? Jambana. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I believe I, Blessed must have gave him his first dub plate, but I was one of them, you would get one of his first couple. I, yeah. I was that way. I just love the way, like, remember, you know, we are talking about Joshua Lucas at 15 years old in front of a crowd at 20,000, right? At 15, he never yeah. going to one dance yet, can't can go in there, he's not old enough. That's and right. then Dennis Jones, them give him a platform were mm-hmm. bigger than him. Mm-hmm. And him just a box down everybody <laughs> with, with knowledge. Yeah. See? And he came to me like, I always stay in, in contact and I deal with him. If I music I deal with, I tell you this straight up. Mm-hmm. I deal with you like a professional, especially if I see how you handle yourself with it. Right, so yeah, you're 15, and Cairo was 13. When I see 
the way I see them speak about music mm. and the knowledge that they have about reggae, I can't deal with you guys. Like you guys are kids. You, mm. you, you know, I talk about some things where my parents don't even know. Mm. Like they never alive them time, and you guys know that because they're studying it and they really wanna right. absorb as yeah. much as they can. So they're professionals. And mm. then when Joshua come to me and say, "Yo, Kirk, I play instruments too," and him something, and I say, eh, eh, and then. I brought him to be a part of the band. I know he's in charge of the whole band. I don't even make a decision. I just said, just what? Where say where I sing my life? Yeah. And him said, Yo, Kirk, I feel like I deserve to sing a rare. I said, All right, if I that be the case, and that be the case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If me there studio, producer, them not even talk to me. They must send it to Joshua and say, Yo, what you think? Yeah, tell him to voice it over. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's putting a lot of trust in somebody that's young. Mm-hmm. but they have their head on their shoulders. So if he's doing this now, imagine if he stays on this track, what he's going to be doing 10 years from now. Yeah. The only thing is what I see with Joshua Lucas is that he will be successful regardless with music. Because he's a dope selector. Mm-hmm. Wicked. You know what I mean? So like just the other day in England, I got him to to play the opening round at a, at a dub appreciation okay. sh- um, dance we're supposed to be just dub played. And Joshua said, Kirk, I must have a clash come up, you know, I can't, I don't want to expose my dub them, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yo, brother, nobody from Canada in a day, my lad, just do what you're do doing. Do your thing. And I had a meeting, I had a dinner meeting that mm-hmm. night for some shows. Mm-hmm. And me and them was like, yo, listen, you might go play the round, the opening round, and then, we got to eat and we do a meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said, yeah, okay, cool. So then we did, you know, and Joshua played the first round and the people, them, I love him, man. Right? And they might big up the selector, them, man. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's yeah. doing the opening round. Mm-hmm. And then my bridging you now, him <laughs> <laughs> Diamond, yeah. go and say, Yo, first of all, no business about this youth town named Joshua Lucas, you know. Mm-hmm. Like anything come from Canada, dead, you know. And start lick some tune off of Joshua. Mm-hmm. And I look on the, the girl and I say, yo, remember that dinner meeting that we're not going to have? Yeah. It's not going to happen tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we got to deal with this. She said, what do you mean? And I say, Joshua, they will take that personally. Mm-hmm. And the brother, the head, I go flying at this. <laughs> because we're talking about a person that his whole entire 24 hours is about music. Yeah. From either right. selecting, playing, playing an instrument, something. Right. So now you're talking about a person that he's so creative because he plays instruments. A lot mm-hmm. of the dubs them that he's playing, he made it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Beanie Man might vice it, Panda Rhythmia. Mm-hmm. But then he took a total different reading where nobody knows member about yeah. and put it so creativity alone and slap them. Mm-hmm. Long story short, the brother in the car about Joshua Lucas name again for a second. Say, nah, not tonight. You know what? I'm I'm sorry. Right. I got ahead of myself. Not nothing not, not a word. Yeah. But all I could hear, and they not say it to him, you know. Them just say, Yeah man, you you bad man. <laughs> yeah, man, him bad man. Yeah. What can I tell you? No, man, he's bad. He's making yeah. a lot of moves in the city. And to see that you're, it's you are with him and you guys are together making moves, not just having him play in Toronto and then when you're flying out, 
you're gone and then come back. Right. You're taking him with you for the experience. I even seen a radio interview where the, both of you guys yeah. were in the radio interview. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I said that to me, that's amazing. Because even with um, Cairo, mm -hmm. I know you have a new song that's going to be, this is the lead song that's yeah. going to be coming off of your album, yeah, Dread. Album Dread, yeah. Yes. What I like with that song there now is it shows you back to the, like a 1985 type of vibes. Mm -hmm. You understand the real original Roots Reggae Foundation. Yeah. How do you even connect with Cairo? Because he won this year's Juno Award. Yeah. How do you even connect with him now? I connected with Cairo because I used to own a studio on Eglinton. Okay. I brought it, like where I started, mm -hmm. I brought a studio there in the pandemic mm -hmm. where it was for the artists that don't have the experience of working with a band them can come on a saturday night um my guitar player stretch mm -hmm. he curates i think a saturday night vibe where artists from all over it didn't matter the genre if you play instrument if you don't play instrument you come you bring your tracks if you want mm -hmm. and you just come sing on a saturday night the first night had 20 second saturday 40 all of a sudden, we are saying, yo, in your heart, you forget AC. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we invited Cairo, and Cairo forward, and then it was just, we hit it off from that. And then I started to keep an event called on the corner. Listen, when I seen that, and I seen you with the headphones on, going through the record box, not the laptop, yeah. the records, and then Cairo's DJing and you're mixing. I said, hold on, what's going on here? Yeah. That, back again to mm -hmm. when I, was, I came from that that's what I was studying so like even now like if you look on my laptop I have no songs other than mine's on there mm -hmm. but then if you look in my room you see record I'll bought you know what I mean and then when I go to England I'm in heaven like sometimes yeah. I'm in a record shop and I just have to come out because I'm confused yeah. like my budget is this and Uno are going to mad me you know what I mean mm -hmm. so with Cairo He's another one that's just like Joshua. If you have Cairo and Joshua in our room, you're bound for mad. Yeah, you, you, you could see that. Yeah, it's like just the two of them together speaking about just a history. Like they, it's coming like said them no go to school, like them just study reggae, you know. Mm -hmm. And the same thing where it's like I take him like my little brother in the sense where I don't want nothing that I've been through that is bad with this industry to ever reach him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen which part it can get nasty. I can see in which part you can tell somebody no, and then all of a sudden, songs stop play, and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you have to start all over again. You get me? So, and then he has experience with him too, so I mean, a good hands. Whereas for me, my parents never knew I was doing music until maybe like six years after I started professionally. Okay. Yeah. I think I love it now, yeah, but them know. <laughs> That's well, at least by then you had transitioned out of your dance hall phase. You're yeah. going into your, I mean, at, phase, the, at the same time, you have to remember saying, you know, like, we being Jamaican or Caribbean people, we have some set of parents where it's like, when you go to school, then why you be doctor, lawyer, and all them something there, mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to bring anything that is not that, you better be damn good. Yeah, if it's not academics. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because music, 
Yeah, music, music even worse than sports. What? Like at least if you say you play football or basketball yeah. and you're good, yeah, then can, they could kind of yeah see with you. But music, mm-hmm. you can't go to school for that. <laughs> Come on now, get yourself together, get a job. Even now, sometimes my mom's like, "Yo, Kirk, yeah. tell yourself you want to get a job you know, with pension, you know, and retirement, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna retire after this. You have to sing for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. mm, mom. I'm like publishing, yeah." yeah. Yeah, yeah, but trust me, I think I think the history that I think the city mm-hmm. is in good hands with them. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely, I see that because they're going from ground right up. But what I love with them most of all is that they love the foundation. Mm. Whereas you now see them when they walk past Blessed, you now see them when they walk past Lindo. I now do that neither. Mm-hmm. Like them when they like even the other day for the first time I meet Trinity Chris, and it was like. You know, some people when they see Draco, them them feel. Yeah. For me, that is Trinity Chris Kai. I the first dancer artist from here that I heard on the radio. And this was on flow, the big radio at this right. time here now, yeah. Seeing so it was like, yo, Trinity and then when time hear them when they open them mouth, you know, and it's like, yo, that deep voice they come up like, yo, that brother voice really, really mm-hmm. is that deep. Yeah. Like, I don't know, recording I do that. You know? So I like that about us mm-hmm. where we can look and know who paved the way for us and still show them that respect. Mm-hmm. Coming and left them nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? I speak about them everywhere. You know? Definitely yeah. see that. I got two more for you before I get you out of here. I seen you make a post, this was probably last year, year before, about Sizzle Kalanji. Mm-hmm. All right? His influence. What was Sizzle's influence on somebody like you coming up? Sizzla, <laughs> all right. 2014, mm-hmm. I performed in Jamaica for the first time. Mm-hmm. GT Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Christmas Day or Boxing Day or something. Christmas Day, yeah. yeah. And Sizzla performed after me. Mm-hmm. When we come off of the stage and look on the stage, Sizzla on the stage, I wonder if I even depend on the stage. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's that. The mere fact that Sizzla isn't afraid to speak his mind regardless of repercussion yeah is admirable a lot of people won't say certain things because sure the maga come tell me say this and we we have a big so-called cancel culture mm-hmm. um men i believe say your integrity is supposed to be compromised so a person like sizzler somebody like jacob miller somebody like peter tash mm-hmm are some of my greatest inspirations of why I do music and why I speak the way I speak and and, and, and why I behave the way I behave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, his work ethic. Sizzler, I believe, have 72 albums. It, it's some some madness like that. Some, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know when what it mean? comes to albums and singles, Kalanji Bass. Yeah. And if I personally... Mm-hmm don't remember so much Bobo Shanti Rasta before Sizzla Kalonji. Mm-hmm. Where you would actually see them the with turban. the turban. Um, they were, they were to there, me... But I don't remember them yeah. like that. No. Remember, when Sizzla first came out, Sizzla changed the whole fabric of... It seemed like the entire globe at that time there, where everybody was wrestling up yeah. that time. Everybody, one time I almost rushed. You understand? <laughs> it was just, I wouldn't 
study the teachings to go deep enough, mm -hmm. but I like the whole vibe of Rasta. Yeah. You understand? And Sizzla Bass, how he sang and DJed the words he would use and how he would put them together, it was it was so crazy yeah. at that time there. It, listen, one time you actually start going back into like some like nineties dancehall and reggae. The words with them are using you know, is masterpiece, you know, like yo, it well put together, you know. How did you come up with that way of thinking and these words and put them together and make it sound so good? Yeah. Like even like Bill is a big merciless fan. Mm. See? Mm. Like he even see now some of them think them he will let you know, say you are merciless. I am following yeah. with this. Right? And when you listen back to merciless lyrics, I mean, I say, yo, you know, said a brother and a normal. At all, bro. Right? And I was asked a question where it's like, um, am I known by the Jamaican artists, them like the mm -hmm. Sizzlers and all them people there? Mm -hmm. Sizzler specifically was asked. And I'm like, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. And then the brother said, then how you feel good being an artist if them people don't know you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, because I not do music to be known like that. Mm -hmm. You understand me? It's an impact when I make for the people that will live the same experience like me. Mm -hmm. Sizzler sing music for the people that will experience what he experienced. You understand me? Like I said, I'm not grow up in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So maybe chances are, songs that I sing, I you to grow up in more life at Jamaica is not going to understand what I'm singing. It's about. not a hundred percent relatable to his struggle. Right. Yeah. Whereas you have a youth where born a Jamaica and live in Canada will relate to it. Mm -hmm. Or even America, anywhere that has the same energy happening, right. They'll get oh, okay, you know what? Yeah, makes sense. What's happening. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then I like to do songs where when we get from Sizzler to because I believe say if you study even Sizzler music, them man the music supposed to be in at some university where I break down the word. What? Right? So I tried to put myself in my writing to say, well then, at the end of the day when I'm done, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to can take my body off work and dissect it and be like, oh wow, this is what he was saying. And still get a new understanding of what I was saying, even if this is 30, 40 years after yeah. the fact, because it's that deep and intricate, mm -hmm. but still easy to listen to. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. I know I told you too, but I really got two now. <laughs> the most obvious one that I should have asked you from the beginning of this conversation, Kirk Diamond. How did you get your name, Kirk Diamond? <laughs> so, my real name is Kirk Douglas. Mm. Seeing so if you're a Western fan, mm -hmm. you understand that there is an actor by the name of Kurt Douglas. So if you Google Kurt Douglas, chances mm. are you're not gonna see me. Mm. Seeing, and then I have an uncle where, well, first of all, in high school they used to call me Junior Bling. But then my parents now being a nine, yeah. if you call my house and ask for Junior Bling, the material so nobody know your name. So <laughs> and hang up. I hang up quick. Mm -hmm. So then I have to call for, and ask for Kirk. Mm -hmm. So me not wanting to be smart. I said, yo, just call and ask for Kirk and my lad. Mm -hmm. And then I just put on a diamond and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like you still wanted to keep the same D in your last name. Yeah. You were bling already, so D last name, bling a diamond. 
Diamond works. Yeah, I mean, now, like, the Kurt Diamond thing gone too far, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but sometimes I regret not keeping my name. But even if we're looking, we're in an era where everything is Googled, you might have got lost in the shuffle, though. Yeah, I would have. You know what I mean? I would have. So, I would have to do something like a Michael B. Jordan. Or yeah. Add something that makes it slightly different. But the Kurt Diamond work. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt Diamond work. For sure. You know what I mean? And then I always said is the diamond is there because I shine on my own. I don't need to be attached to mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? And then the thing now that kind of made me feel kind of um, weird about not using my real name is when the, the park... Right, because it doesn't say Kurt Douglas, and I kind of felt like my father should have been honored in some sort of way in bringing me all the work that I've done. The name should have been there, but at the same time, it's still me. But you see, legacy is a funny thing sometimes because a lot of people that we look up to when their their names are in certain things, we think they're carrying their family name. Yeah, it's that's not. their stage name, you know. Even though it sounds normal, mm-hmm. your name could have been Kirk Brown. Right. You understand, but that's not your real name, Douglas, right. but it's still it's still you. Mm-hmm. If the park was named KD right. and it was dedicated to you, mm-hmm. that's still you. And right. you know that's a huge accomplishment, yeah. you know, boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Having a park. You ever go to the park and just sit down and hold a vibe in the park and say, holy smokes, this is me, boss. No, I yeah. haven't gotten a chance to. Yeah. I've, I've been there, um, I want to say three times. Yeah. Since that, one of the times I just went there to like just look at it, right? Just take look, it, yeah, in. take it because I'm. To be honest with you, you know, like mm-hmm. I separate Kurt Diamond from Dirk Kurt Douglas. You of know, course, you right? have to. So it's like a lot of the times, and because Kurt Douglas is so reserved, like mm-hmm. Kurt Douglas will never go up on a stage because sing for nobody, yeah. <laughs> right? Stage yeah. right, kill him, mm-hmm. seeing, and it's like sometimes I look at it, like even going there was kind of weird to me. You know what I mean? Because going there, everybody dressed up in a them suit, and remember, it's a park. Yeah. It felt like I was going to my own funeral. It felt like it was over. <laughs> yeah, because you're going in a park, everybody's dressed up. Yeah, like, and, and it's in my yeah. honor type of vibe. So I was like, yo, this feels weird. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you start having those thoughts like, yo, have I done enough to even deserve this? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then you start thinking, so does my peers think that I've done enough to deserve this? And what is the backlash? And we come from a community where it's almost like we start thinking the worst, like we said before the good. Yeah. So it's like when I even got the news that this is going to happen, if you realize, I never told nobody. I never made a mention of it. I just want it because I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, they're going to hate me for this. <laughs> but you you can't right and then when Billa come Billa was like yo look on my virgin thing them <laughs> like I'm like alright yeah put it out there Builder seems like he's the ultimate hype up friend you know what I mean if there was somebody on stage that was gonna be a hype man it seems like Bob would be that person Billa is the ultimate friend you know mm-hmm. what I mean and funny enough I got introduced to Bob by my my best friend yeah seeing mm-hmm. and it's like and she lives in New York and she was just like yo she and Bob went to school in Jamaica so she mm-hmm. said listen Virgin Bob's coming to Toronto it won't know I go good yeah he's his number call him and I know good and then 
all right, no problem. Call Bob, and then we've been like this ever since. See? Mm-hmm. And um, Bob is one of them friends that we're, if you don't hear from me for four days, mm-hmm. I'm going to call me down. And if he still not get me, I'll come on my yard. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And if him hear me in my room, all of a sudden my door open, I say, my youth, I want to hear my youth. <laughs> yeah. And I say, yo, Jano, like, I remember one time I was feeling it, like, mm-hmm. really something, never have no money or something like that. Yeah. But I was like, down. Yeah. And I say, yo, Bob, Jano, no, nah, no money, no brother. No, no, tall, you know. Mm-hmm. And I man say, all right, say, all right. I'm going to perform and say, yo, what can I eat that friend this man? Mm-hmm. I mean, not even, not even, <laughs> say nothing, just say no say a word and I'm going to perform. I'm like, boy, Bob, I eat that, you know, yeah. I don't want to talk to him, you know. And maybe like 15 minutes later, Bob, that's in the room, I said, my, you didn't put on your clothes yet? I'm like, put on clothes, you never tell me to put on clothes. Man, put on mm-hmm. your clothes, man, we're going to eat mm-hmm. some food. Mm-hmm. And by the time I reach a Bob Dory, all of, all of them, Seafood can done yeah. and then I'm like, yo, these are the friends that I have. These and they are the ones why they're the reasons why I don't worry about nothing. Matter of fact, me worry about them more than I worry yeah. about, about myself. It's like, yo, if anything should really happen to them, I don't know mm-hmm. when because I grew up with them, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. And Bob has that same vibe, like, like where you have like likes the old school but still likes the news, the new school stuff at the same time. He's the one flushing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. his style and that's what you like also. Yeah. So it works. Yeah, I mean, and it, like me saying, as I would say, like, mm-hmm. it's from that era, the big youth and you ride them on them yeah. someday. And it, it, it's just what we enjoyed. And like back to the UK thing, like my God, I see man, I wear beaver and all them something. I'm like, yo, for nothing at all, on a regular Monday afternoon, you just have on a beaver just like <laughs> yeah. that. You Some know, diamond sucks. Yeah, you know so what I mean? it's one of them. T- like it's like completely like heaven for me for like living other culture there. Mm-hmm. And now that me, I'm, I voice for Channel One. Okay. Yeah, I voice for Channel One, and now we're in talks about actually putting out an album or an EP or something like that with Channel One. Yeah. So even that is a dream come true for me to get those hardcore rubber dub. Yeah, boy, rhythms, and not to mention like the Dread album is based on that. Where for some way Finn was able to recapture like the seventies, eighties era, and me just a go off on it. And it's like with Finn, it's one of them things that where Finn can play a rhythm now, and it just sparks something on me. And less than five minutes, so yeah, ready to turn on the mic and we got. You you seem to connect with a lot of good people. You don't. Seems like you don't connect with everybody, mm-hmm. but who you connect with, they're solid people, and this is who you have in your corner. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm hard to work with, mm-hmm. and I think for the most part, a lot of people might realize that I have their best interests at heart too. Like I want them to succeed just as much as I want it for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I said, like because I grew up listening to Rubber Dub. Mm-hmm. When I even started Pandacan, I know we start to like these robot up artists start followed out at the woodwork. Where it's like, yo, so when I live in Canada this yeah. whole time, like it's one of them things that as much as I think say I'm a bad DJ. Yeah. When I see like Carl Rasyunchi and in Kruma them and Super Dave them and Super G them and I'm like, yo, me DJ. Like mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm literally in school now. Mm-hmm. And then Missy Cairo take up a mic and I do exactly what they do. And I'm like, Bro. yo, 
all right, we need to do some more practice and mm-hmm. but it's like now after doing music for so long, I'm starting to finally realize um I want to say what I'm supposed to do. Right? Which is I would I wouldn't I wouldn't feel good knowing said them when I never get a chance to be heard. You get me? Mm-hmm. So I want to set up a thing where it's like, yo, if my travel when it's not with the band, I could travel with sound system and bring them. Yeah. I don't care if I bring two creator a record. Mm-hmm. Right? But you know it's that's the type of energy yeah, that, that you're looking to create. Yeah, go see Dub Trinity them, yeah, go see Super G and Super Dave them. And they're going to do what they've always wanted to do mm-hmm. but never gotten the opportunity to do it. You get me? Because Europe are just that. Where sound are travel and them still in a them truck and sound man. Like if you look mm-hmm. in a reggae party video, me literally I lift up a speaker box. Of course. Would, that kill me <laughs> if you realize my hand we don't get so and yeah. King's, Kingsley Strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, then people have to do this every day. Yes, And I'm boss. like, yo, but I give thanks for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To, to recreate what you love, like, and heard, and felt from your childhood till now must be an amazing feeling. Yeah. It, it, like, I'm happy. Just mm-hmm. put it that way. Like, there's no other. I'm happy in the space that I am. You know God, what I mean? Yeah. We just heard last week that um, Jamaican, the Broadcast Commission, uh-huh. is banning all songs with drug use, uh-huh. chopper songs, uh-huh. and scamming. Right. All right. What do you? What's your thoughts on something? Like, do you even think that in a twenty twenty two world, something like that is even effective? Where you could still go on your phone or YouTube and something and listen to what you want to. What, what do you think about that? Well, that's the thing. Like you can listen to what you want to, right? Mm-hmm. So for them to even come and say, "Well, then." them are going to ban certain and certain things, right? They're banning it off of stuff that they control. Mm. Just like how you not going to listen to certain things and I won't listen to certain things. I, I don't want that on my phone. Mm-hmm. So they are ban it over where them control just like how you wouldn't have it on what you control, mm-hmm. right? People are going to be upset because of privilege. They feel like it's theirs. It isn't. But what is yours, you can still go and listen to it on. Yeah. Right? But it, for one, I grew up in a time where Pony Boxy would have said say no to drugs. Yeah. Remember that? Of course. Right? I don't believe, say, I mean, you can't have the warrior song then, but it has to be in a context. What are you fighting for and who are you fighting? Because mm-hmm. if you own a people that are fighting, you know, it's destructive. You kill yourself. Yeah. Right? So at the end of the day, the same people that made that decision, to ban these type of songs need to also put their money where their mouth is and put something in place for at least try to help and change the mindset of the people because if the people them are now upset that these songs aren't being they're not allowed to listen to these songs mm-hmm. then something wrong because why would you want to be listening to people that talk about them at their jobs yeah. right that means that the mindset they need to change so if you not willing to say well then let's do something for try to change the mindset let's bring more culture in other thing. We need to start hear back some things from Miss Lou. We need to start put back, you know, with a call now. I forget what they call. Um, like them festival thing there. Yeah, man. Because even festival nearly get cancelled yeah, this year or last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. It almost got cancelled. Right? We need to a try if you say, well, then, okay. Let's put more pride into our music, into our culture. That way, when we go out as Jamaican people, mm-hmm. then it is represented properly. 
right? We kind of follow everybody. Yeah, the hip-hop community have that, where it's like, yeah, they might take Mali, they might do this and they might do that. But who's actually benefiting off of it? Mm-hmm. It's never us. Because mm-hmm. if we are destroy ourselves and somebody are make money off of it. What's the point? What is the point? It's a, to me, it's a catch-22 where we grew up listening to the Bounty Killers, the Beanie Mans, the Bojos, the Kiapotans, and all that. But then later on in the journey, mm-hmm. Bojo switched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Later on in Kiapotans' journey, he switched. So if we're looking at a, let's say, Skeng, for instance, mm-hmm. do we believe that Skeng, five years down the road, might switch and say rest and realize what he's doing because he's now older at that point there? I mean, the point of life, you have to you have to evolve at some point, mm-hmm. right? Um, but one has to also understand that what you put into the world, you get back, mm-hmm. right? But I don't have any doubt. The man is talented, and by the way he put together his words, I don't have, like, he's an intelligent person. Mm-hmm. You get me? But... Our music has always been one that reflects whatever is going on, right? And what is going on isn't caused by the people, it's caused by whoever is controlling what's going on. What is going on, mm-hmm. right? So if the people that's controlling what's going on don't have no intent to change it, then these songs are going to be produced and made. They're just mirroring what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. The, the, the question, the old question always remains is life in, it, imitating art or is art? imitating life it's a cycle mm-hmm. they're both doing, yeah. they're both imitating each other yeah mm-hmm. but then it 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 takes somebody with the power to be able to put something in between if you stop the cycle from going around mm-hmm. somebody have to break it you know what i mean and it's but then at the same time too if somebody like i said is benefiting from this cycle will they do that because greed is a hell of a thing Bass. you know what i mean mm-hmm. Yeah, so sometimes we have to. I seen a thing with them say if you put a red hands and black hands into a jar and shake it, them start kill them one another. Because they think I know what you're talking about because they don't realize that it's outside influence that's outside really influence. influence. They think it's each other. Uh, so if I get right. rid of this one here, yeah. my problems yeah. will stop. Right. And that's not what it is. It's always the person, just like mm-hmm. crabbing a barrel mentality. Yeah. Because I have a song when I'm stepping, I'm say. Them out that about crab in a barrel and never them never yet pre who put the crab them in a barrel. Mm. Yeah. You understand me? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So the whole thing needs to shake up and it needs to start at top. Yeah. Right. Once the top get better, cause I think about it. Nobody now get up every day and say, "Yo, I feel like killed something." Mm-hmm. That is not natural, you know. That's not normal human beings. You might have a one psychopath that might think like that. Exactly. But that's not a group think. That's not how. Everybody from this area or this corner or this section mm-hmm. is thinking. All right. I'll give you an example. You remember the video where Skeng jumping in a pool? Mm-hmm. Where you see when you see him jumping in a pool? You see, you, see, you see Mali when you see him jumping in a pool? Of course. It seemed, that's what it seemed like to me. Like right? Mali? Yeah. You know what I see when I see that? Mm-hmm. I see a man on stage doing what he loves. I look out into a crowd of people that love him. Mm-hmm. And just feel like he's living the time of him life. Mm. And just jump off in our pool. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. Yeah. Because many times I dip on stage, I'm like, yo, really, I'm midis. Spirit. Spirit. 
You understand me? Mm-hmm. I don't see, like, certain things, drugs now have nothing to do with that. It's just the Whether energy that's it, going But on. it's that energy. When time, think about it, you know, everybody, you know, we created out of love, you know, love is the ultimate creative force, you know. Mm-hmm. So when time you are in a, a place and you're the nucleus of the love and the energy that is in that place, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that thing is overwhelming, you know. That make the yeah. artist man turn up and cry, you know. Mm-hmm. Love. You get me? That energy, especially from the crowd, because a lot of artists I speak to, including yourself, you could answer. It's like a lot of times you'd come off a stage and it's like you were in a trance. You have to ask your band members around you. What was going on up there? How did I do? What was the show like? Because you were in such a deep trance while mm-hmm. you were out there. And a lot of times it's like, for me, when I do a show, it's, first of all, I'm going to watch back show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch back show. Yeah. It's one of them things that it's like, I'll be on stage singing Fiala Oa mm-hmm. and for the whole time, I have some serious conversation with all myself. Sometimes I have to wonder if I mess up all the words them because I know what I think about. Yeah. Uh, like, it's like, yo, really and truly, like, this and that, and I remember this. And sometimes, like, I remember at the Junos, we performed at the Junos this year, at Juno Fest, mm-hmm. and me end up having a nervous breakdown on stage for, like, a good little bit because at that time, for one, I'm at the Junos, mm-hmm. And I have people in front of me that have never seen me perform, mm. right? Like my little brother was there, um, Bill that was there. I'm nominated for my fourth Juno. And you have new people that I respect with my band here. Mm-hmm. And crowd come out to see me at the Junos, to see me perform, right? And everything that we talk about now, including the bad stuff that we never talk about, mm-hmm is all playing through my mind. Remember me and Bill like a Jamaica. And this moment actually probably shaped my career, if I'm being honest with you, mm-hmm. where we went to do a radio interview and the, the radio host tell we say, we're not good enough for the music, better we leave that alone. And we take that personal. Of course you would. See? So it's one of them things, you know, where the day the park was putting my name, he ended up on a live with me. I'ma tell him that, and he had no recollection of who I am, what he said, and, and mind you, I've had up this man for nine years of my mm-hmm. life, and him not have me up, him not know me none at all, and something just clicked to me and said, you know, say what he said. If me I got take accountability for my mm-hmm. own self, mm-hmm. what he said wasn't wrong, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. His perspective is what he's hearing at this moment isn't good enough to say that you're an artist and yeah. you're a tour and all him something, right? Mm-hmm. His perspective, not mine. His mm-hmm. perspective. And then, second of all, imagine if he heard the foolishness and told me, youth, you're good. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah, then, the to look. Mm-hmm. and then me thinking that I'm okay, mm-hmm. not trying to get better, Go to England and go on a BBC mm-hmm. with not so good lyrics. Yeah. I don't have a career here sitting in front of you. You need to interview me. Yeah. Unless you're going to interview me as a dancer. Mm. You get me? That, make, that makes sense. So you use it as fuel, mm-hmm. even though 
you probably, until that point where you had the conversation with him, mm-hmm. you probably might not even realize that it was fuel you're using it for until you yeah. sat down and looked at it. But it, ne- it needed to happen. Everybody mm-hmm. needs something to aim at, at mm-hmm. a goal. For me, it was to make sure that next time he hears my music, he might go say, you, mm-hmm. you deserve for this why you're there. Mm-hmm. You understand me? That's a while. Yeah. You get me? So, you know. Kirk. Diamond, you know how long this is supposed to happen, bro? Choo-choo. You know how long? But I said, yo, to me, everything is timing. Yeah. When the time is right. You understand? A lot of people say, oh, man, I've been talking to you for like a year. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. You know what I mean? Yeah. If last year we had 10 subs and 10 people listening, this year we might have 15. Right. So I'm giving you the potential to speak to a bigger audience. Yeah, man. Timing is everything. And that's for a lot of people, boss. If you ever see my DMs and WhatsApp and my phone calls and all this, it's wild, but But what you're doing is, is very important, you know, most mm-hmm. I want you to know that I'm a proud of you, you know. Respect for me. Yeah, man. I'm you very I mean? proud of you. Yeah. You see, because what I've seen you, you know, like, remember, say, I'm going to tell us a Louis Rankin pass. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And you know the funny thing with it? I just seen the message, <laughs> full circle moment. Yeah. When I hit you mm-hmm. and I said, yo, when you come home, give me a shot. Mm-hmm. That was the first message that I seen. Yeah, seeing. And then like, I watch all of them where it's like, the history that you're doing and you're doing it from here. Mm-hmm. It's very important because we don't have much platforms. Mm-mm. You get me? Yes. And just the other day, when did I do I did BBC interview on Friday I think mm-hmm. there was another one I did in Leicester though and he was like yo so I'm to the radio station I mean, I'm like yo to be honest we only have one mm-hmm. but we have platforms like you mm-hmm. that help to get the message out in a way that we are able to speak our mind not with them directing us on how to speak and here's your talking points this is what we're going to speak about and right. call it a day right and for this limited amount of time and mm-hmm. something so I commend you, my brother. Thank I know say I love and respect all the time, right? Always, bro. From them time that till now. Listen, at the end of the conversation now, the floor is yours 100%. Anything you want to say, anybody you want to big up, leave some contact info for dubs, show bookings, all of that stuff there, leave it. The floor is yours right now. Yeah, well, this is Kurt Diamond, you know what I mean? Just concluded the Entertainment Report podcast with my virgin muscle scene. I want to tell you, say, Jerk fest. I mean, I walk past and I say, Yo, Kurt, damn. <laughs> See, I never forget that. Yeah. But yeah, follow me, Instagram and all them something there, Kurt Diamond, K I R K D I A M O N D. For dubs, shows, just contact me there. And then we'll forward it to management and them thing, then we get it done. UK next year, the Dread Tour. I'm feel like my need for do one at home. I need to do a show at home. So. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to do it at home, home. I do it in a Brampton, so make on a know. In the park? No, I can't do it in a park. It's funny, you know, yeah. because the park, them, yeah. every park has restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. My park, you can have no entertainment and they give it to an entertainment. <laughs> it's like, them something, they are foolish. More, hey, want to reshuffle from the park. <laughs> you know, if you do nothing, we just move yeah. the sign and switch it with the entertainment park. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk, amazing, great conversation, especially to see it from how you've seen it. You've been traveling, you, you're you on the ground in Canada and all that. I don't get an opportunity to really speak to a lot of 
seasoned Canadian artists. Mm-hmm. You understand? I'll sometimes aren't to come up and stuff, but season, when I say season, you've traveled places, you're known places, you right. do certain things. I don't really get a chance, so it's always a great vibe when I get to sit down and see what's in your mind, mm-hmm. especially me being Canadian, all of us around here being Canadian, how you see things. You yeah, understand? Man. Give thanks, man. Big up. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichunt.com.